Hey, Steve. Hey, Maren. Ah, so good to be doing this again. It does seem like a long time. It does. We have to keep the ladies happy, though. Sorry, what? <laughs> we have to keep the ladies happy, which means we can't record podcasts on Valentine's Day. Oh, that. Okay, yes. So, true. So yes. that means it's yes. been three weeks. Okay. I've missed you, brother. Yes, yes. You didn't want to spend Valentine's night with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think just for once we should say what a great night you had with your lady in that she set a Valentine's night up for you. Oh, yeah. Beautiful meal. Yes. Beautiful uh, meal. Yes. Very Italian stewed meat with some nice wines and all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And did you have any nice whiskey to drink afterwards? I know you guys are into your whiskeys. You can't remember. The wine was so good. I can't remember. We definitely had whiskey, but I can't remember which one we had. I really cannot mix wine and whiskey. It it just completely wipes me out. Mm -hmm. So I stay well away. I go one or I go the other. I just never mix it up. So No, I get it. I get it. I had a business dinner once, and uh, we had a very nice kind of red wine and Mm -hmm. everything else. And then I saw this bottle of Scarpa. Uh, in hidden in the corner of this <laughs> this restaurant was really quite unique so yeah. the chef was the husband and the wife managed the floor mm-hmm. that was it there was just there there was about 25 tables no menu so whatever he got from the market that day he devised into menu, a meal yeah. and then you cooked the meal i had i had white bait there i hadn't had white bait for 30 years nice. but he obviously saw it and cooked it anyway so we had this wine and then at the end of the meal I had a couple of glasses, and the guy that was with me, luckily enough, it was uh, local here, one of uh, Silver's business contacts. Uh, we start, but I started, rab, 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 Yes. And I knew I was doing it, but I couldn't yeah. stop. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's like podcast night. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, yes, so, uh, yes, we're there. We're back. Yes. So that's why we people have not heard us for a while if they're mm-hmm. getting starved of our great conversation. Mm, yeah. I do hear that that is what people come on the podcast for. For you know, great I listen to your I listen to your podcast. It's funny, it's informative, and it's lighthearted. You know? I can deal with the lighthearted, and yes, it's funny. And if people get some information, that's good. <laughs> because I'm learning all the time. That's why I love doing this podcast. It, it works yeah. both ways, you know. Yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier about stuff that I didn't know about. I, I mean, and I never say that. I know you say all the mm. time because during the podcast, but it's usually around the podcast that I learn from you because I have these questions and, you know, you uh, then come up with an answer. Why have you not got your profile sorted out? Yeah, you're right. Never thought about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's just because you're, so I benefit from your laziness. <laughs> you cannot be bothered yes. to keep logging in and out of MS Teams, oh, so you yeah. find a solution for mm-hmm. to get there, and then I get to learn from it. So mm-hmm. I thank you for those as well. Yeah, it's okay. But I also it, it, need to thank you for my special gift tonight. But go on, finish off. Oh no, that I wouldn't say that brings us to our topic of tonight is the, the touchy feely. Yeah, yes, the experience. experiences. Yeah. That's so, an yeah. interesting one. And but we, we we did exchange gifts. <laughs> yes. Sorry. No, don't apologize. It's going to be one of those days. I'm going to stand up, actually. So, yes, it's uh, going to be one of those days. We did exchange gifts. Yes, Valentine's gifts. Valentine's gifts. (laughs) So you got me these sexy knickers. I mean, socks. 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 Remember we said we call them socks. If your wife asks, they were going to be socks. Yes. (laughs) 
Really nice, really nice. I love good socks. Yes. Yes, I was in Barcelona two weeks ago at the ISE exhibition, mm-hmm. um, and I recommend that we put that on our list for next year. Yeah, because it's worth just spending a few days there. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty amazing. We could probably do our uh, yearly um, deep dive thinking. Why we're few there days. at the exhibition? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And have that included as well, yeah. There was also 55,000 other people there over four days. It was mm-hmm. a busy old time. Okay, so getting an Airbnb might be a touch difficult. But that's okay. okay. Um, and then um, uh, they, they had a, a mixture of really cool stuff there, but mm-hmm. they had all of the team's rooms people there. Yeah. Um, and there was some pretty neat stuff in. The, the I know we know about Yealink, um, the, the Chinese supplier, but they had a real good combination of, you know, we have the Belgian Barco company here which does great yes. video work yeah, and yeah. of course they the, have that um, meeting room thing with the little button you yeah, press yeah what's the name again the d-link no not the no um, but yes anyway yearlink had the same thing mm-hmm. so you yeah. kind of plug it in they also had one of those you know like the spider phones on the middle of the desk the yes speakers? Mm-hmm. but they had one it looked like a day of the triffids you had this kind of bar sticking out the camera and then you lifted a little lid and it was a full 360 degree video oh that is so, cool yeah uh, and it, it was one of those where it reflects in a mirror so everybody yeah. looked like they were face around it really was quite impressive oh. so the little plug-in which basically meant everybody could get whiteboarding and all that kind of See, stuff in it we i probably could use one of those for a customer of mine because they've got a big meeting room with a big round table and everybody sits around the table but we also have a big screen for people that are working from home. So that would be beautiful for that. That's one option, but have a look at uh, Logitech. They have uh, their brand new product. They won an award for it. And it's a bit like um, um, a tower. That's, uh, so it's a bit like a bottle of whiskey without the neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bit big. It sits yeah. in the table, in the middle of the table. So you have video cameras at the front, but this acts as a, another video camera halfway down the table so that everybody gets head height and it's on the table at your head height so that you can do the Microsoft, what do they call that when all the... The front row. Front row. Yes. yes, so it gives you to do a front row. But it also means it's not trying to strain the camera from the front to identify your face. Oh, so you just nice. plug it yes. in and, and it's a hub so you connect it to the Wi-Fi, boom. Oh, yes. <laughs> and yes. that was really cool. Yes. So that might be your other yeah. way of doing stuff. Yeah. But it was quite interesting the, and the way that Yearlink is saying, look, you're in a meeting and you've got your laptop on but you can actually all whiteboard from your laptop in the meeting room and, and collaborate so that instead of having to stand up and go to the screen, yeah, yeah. and if you've got people in and out, it was it was very cool. Beautiful. Um, but of course, there was also mixing desks and microphones and some mm. amazing speaker arrays, some yes. 8K video screens that was larger than this wall. Oh, God. I mean, it was just amazing. So yes, that was <laughs> worth doing. Sorry. But I got you yes. something really special from there. Mm-hmm. I got you a pair of Logitech socks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there was this Happy saying, Valentine's Day. Yeah, there was this <laughs> saying that I read somewhere like, I have to be successful because I've, I have expensive taste. And I love that. <laughs> yes. All right, go on and tell everybody what you bought me because yours was a better And gift. of course, I went to the beautiful city of Tallinn. Oh, and envious, um, envious. for uh, the, the, the Tallinn Tech Conference, which was really cool at a very amazing venue. Lots of really cool speakers. I had lots of fun, learned lots of things. And um, uh, on Saturday, okay, <laughs> good. And on Saturday, I took it the was my desk that was rising. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And on Saturday, I took the ferry to Helsinki, had lunch with my good friend Yussi Mori. And yes. then on the uh, in the airport, of course, I needed to look for a little bit of whiskey. And I found this cool little tasting set from our good friend, uh, good people at uh, Cairo Distillery, the Finnish distillery. We had one before the port cask. Yeah, in port, episode, red port. Yeah. Episode uh, was, uh, something, something. Um, I'm looking at the list. The Rye Ruby Port. Yes. So An that's episode. Good. On our spreadsheet, we don't say whether we like it or not. <laughs> no, we should. We should add that. Yeah, we yes. should add that. And uh, so, we yeah, should, it's a little We should go and retest the 120 whiskies on here. We should, actually. And then just yes. say, just to make sure we're honest when we say we still like it or yeah. don't like it. Actually, on our uh, slide, the slide that I always use when I introduce myself, I now say, because on the podcast we tasted over a hundred whiskies, I now call myself a spirit guide. A spirit guide. Nice. All right, cool. So that's what we're tasting tonight. We're going to take one of those tasting whiskies. Yes. And we're going to taste that from Cairo, which is very, very cool. Um, So neat. All right. Uh, do we need to say anything else? No, I don't think so. So we can talk about experiences. Yes. So I guess I should do the intro on this as to where I'm coming from. So I'm doing, a, 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 for my client at the moment, um, uh, looking at a lot of managed service contracts. Mm-hmm. And as part of this, we're trying to look at sort of service levels mm-hmm. and operational levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I came across this new term. It's not that new actually, but a growing term called XLA, experienced level agreements. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be really good to kind of just talk about how you, how they fit into the whole game of governance yes. for your applications. Yes. Cause how do you define your good governance? Yeah, you measure you it in some it, way. You mean, yeah. You measure mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Same with your change. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. This is all about, you know, change and adoption. You measure your change and adoption. And we keep saying, survey people. Find yeah. out, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not an XLA. An XLA is driven, is driving by how you feel about something, your sentiment. Yes. So so I thought we'd sit there and talk about that. And we, I did a bit of research over the weekend uh, around where they're at. Uh, and we'll get into some nice definitions and just generally chat about how you can make sure that the governance you have in place uh, or even the change and adoption plans you have in place are actually delivering value to the end user. And we're not just talking about, hey, you can now create a meeting by pressing this button. All right. Um, it's not actually where we're at. It's about, yes, I can create a meeting and it's easy and it feels comfortable and and it's pleasant and it works every time and all that kind of stuff. It's all clear what my options are. It's exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's about that experience. Mm -hmm. It's not where it goes. And of course, as we were looking at a few things, now go on, I saw your finger raised. No, no, you go ahead first. I I was thinking as we were looking at some of these things, we came across... Uh, a few other people's attempts at how to describe this, which was pretty neat as well. But I like the first one that says SLAs are all about secrets, lies, and assumptions. Yes, I love that. Yes, <laughs> it's quite true. I mean, uh, I think that uh, you know, you say yes, no, we're doing well. Our SLAs are high, but if yeah. you don't <laughs> think you know, we're there. It's yeah. uh, we're good, we're good. But the reality is, your SLAs could be high, 
but your users are still annoyed and well if i put my slas that i want to have 20 percent happy customers yes and if i have like 21 percent happy customers i still have done my sla and i'm still i'm i'm in the good so that's not really a, a good way but to be honest you started off by saying operational level agreement sla what is that what 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 is the typical thing that we set up what's the typical idea that we do with these things so we need to maybe start off with that like operational level agreement, that's okay. more about... So, so service level agreements, we know, they're, they're points that you can measure, mm-hmm. all right? Um, and and your, te- technical points. They're technical points. Yeah, I think so we, like, for example, my web page needs to load in less than two seconds. Yeah, potentially. Like and then that, we yeah. go through the horror of trying to measure that. Yeah. Secrets, lies, and assumptions. Mm-hmm. Of course, this page loads in less than two seconds. Look, that's excellent. Yes, but you're running on a i7 with 45 million gigabytes of memory. <laughs> with a one gigabyte network solution. With a three-meter yeah. three, three meter lead straight out the back of the switch. <laughs> and uh, You're not in yes. the uh, outback of Belgium, you know, looking out at the trees, knowing your cables swinging around on the end of a pole as you connect <laughs> in working for the yes. day. And it's taking 45 yeah. minutes to load the page. Mm-hmm. So secrets, lies, and assumptions. Yeah. I assume everybody's got this service, so their page loads in two seconds. So that's a service level agreement. So if we take that same scenario, loading that page, mm-hmm. when you talk about operational levels agreements, then it's all the combinations of services that support that SLA. Mm-hmm. So to meet that SLA, you need to have certain operational capabilities in there. So one of which is that, hey, you can meet the SLA if you have uh, a minimum of 65K, 65K connection from yeah. your machine mm-hmm. back to yeah. base. Yeah. Even though you might and have um, 2 um, gigabytes or 10 gigabytes or 100 gigabytes of download from wherever you're at, if you're sharing it with 45 other people in the village and they're all doing stuff, mm. somewhere like Telenet, so it's the time service you've got, mm. you might not end up with enough bandwidth. But so you're operationally, you need to make sure that I have the right cables, the right wires, no no faulty wire between my box or my yeah. Wi-Fi is of the right yeah. standard. Yeah. So operationally, you would stack up all of the different services that m- make you, uh, that enable you to deliver your SLA. Yes. Okay. So, but like, go back to our change and adoption. Was mm-hmm. it a successful change? You would consider all the different things around that change to make it work. You know, whether the service was available, whether they did the right training, whether I have the right support documentation, yeah. Good whether communications. they're aware, communications, yeah. all of that. All of those are what I would equate to an operational level mm-hmm. that supports you to be able to measure it and to define your service level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So, can we now drink Cairo's uh, choice? Yeah, I think we're done for now. I think we're yeah. done. <laughs> you should. When you bring these things, we should put them under cover so that I don't get distracted by them while I'm talking. Yeah. I am. I am <laughs> such an uh, easy and distracted person. All right. So yeah. So that's OLA. OLA. Yes, and our SLA uh, as well. So all very technical numbers to prove to our IT manager that we've thought about it and that we've done the work and yep yeah and i think we, we came across a few slides earlier and i just have one still up on there so you know um a, a typical example here you have two sides of the same product you know one says i'm a five gigabyte mp3 player 
Yes. And if you went cool. on stage and said, I am going to show you a five gigabyte MP3 player, you know, only half of that audience would understand what you're talking about. Yeah. But to quote a very famous man that went on, just sort of let you know, I have a thousand songs sitting in my pocket. Yes. As Steve Jobs actually announces the first, uh, I was going to say Walkman, but that's Sony. Ooh, no, that no, was no, interesting. no, no. It's the iPod, yes. The iPod, yes. Oh. Uh, well, it wasn't the iPod. Was it the iPod? Yes, it would yeah, be, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So again, that, it tells the story. It also brings us back as well to clarity as well, doesn't it? So we've been mm. talking in the, in the change and adoption, those stories and messages that you want to do, how clear that message is. Yeah. But it says a different picture. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to, I guess, XLAs. Yes. And XLA stands for Experience Level Agreement. Yep. Now, the, th- the thing about uh, when we were talking about our change in adoption and we were talking about measuring it and like the page loads in two seconds, um, if that page loaded in two seconds constantly every day you turn your machine on, would you be a happy bunny? I guess so. So how would you describe the IT service if that's what happened every time you did some work? You turn your machine on, the work loads up, it takes two seconds to do the page, it's consistent and happy. How would you describe that? As a good experience, I think so, yeah. Yeah, my IT department are brilliant, I never have any failures. I'm always able to do the job that I do. I'm always able to get to the data that I'm doing. That is basically yeah, an XLA. Yeah. So the, and the problem is that you will not, the first time that it does that, or maybe the first 10 times that it does that, you would be very happy. But after the 20th time, you would just come to expect that it would always be like that. And the day that it takes four seconds to load, you will start complaining that it's very slow. Because your experience used, level... Yeah, has, you're used has, to it. Yeah. yeah, has been done. So so that's the kind of where we're going about trying to work out what a, an experience level uh, definition would be. Yeah. And because also, in my SLA, I could say it needs to load within two seconds. But if it loads in 2.2 seconds... I would still be equally as happy as when it loads in 1.9 seconds. That 0.3 seconds loading time doesn't matter much in my experience, but it might matter for my SLA. Well, I think the the point about that is is that we have two different kinds of audiences here. Mm -hmm. So we have the end user. Yeah. You know, the having that experience and being able to say, hey, I get a quick responsive IT service and uh, I'm very efficient when I work from home because everything's doing what it needs to do. If as an engineer, even as the service owner, you're seeing that it went from two seconds to 2.2 seconds, then you go, oh, I'm out of alignment here. Mm-hmm. I now need to find out why. Yeah. So it could well be that three seconds is acceptable to the end user. So your target is two seconds, knowing that if it starts to slip, I won't You've be affecting the experience yeah. of the end user. So then I can start looking at all the different operational level services that support that. So, you know, 
power on a modem, the line that connects them back to my base, the network, the response time, the jitter, mm. all the stuff that users don't need to know that actually ensure that you have uh, an, uh, a wonderful experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so the, the whole idea is, and that's something we wrote on, on our whiteboard as well, is that we go from tech metrics to touch metrics. Yes, and thank you, whoever's slideshow it was that we were looking at on yes, the slide. Yes, that was that amazing. Was a great yes. statement. Yes. <laughs> yeah, tech, metri- tech metrics to touch metrics. A uh, couple of examples on that, if I... Yes. Refer to the slide. Oh yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah. So, from a tech metric, it might be first call resolution. If a yeah. user calls the service desk, it gets resolved straight away. That service level agreement is done. Boom. Yes. But from a touch metrics, it's about a first class experience. Yeah. So, from an end user perspective, they are judging how their experience was going into that experience. They walk away with a big smiley face. Yeah. Bit like my trip to the jazz club on Friday. I saw an awesome band at the jazz club on Friday. Nice. Uh, the drummer was truly, truly, truly amazing. And we sat right where we sat on our whiskey and smoke oh, evening. Nice. So right next yes. to the stage. Uh, but yes, I walked away with a wow factor out of that oh. because they had a, See, a really drummer. But sometimes I go there and go, yeah, that was great, but not wow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but you know. And then I walked out without paying. With a what? I walked out of the club then without paying. Without paying? Without okay. paying. I didn't pay for any of my drinks or any of my food. Okay. And I got <laughs> 10 meters down the road and Anna went, did you pay? Oh, bloody hell, no. <laughs> Run! So I went, yeah, Run no, to the I car, was, no, no. I went running back no. and they yeah. were very appreciative. But yeah. the process along the way somewhere, it was a very good experience. Mm-hmm. I had all of that jazz and I didn't pay a penny for it. <laughs> nice. But, <you> know, <laughs> So let's let's so so this thing is okay to know about. Uh, give give me another example. I know uh, there were a few examples on the list. Yeah, and there was. Some of them were really cool. Um, uh, incident management. So tech metrics mm-hmm. is we have incident management. Yes. So we so have we a have ticket reported, tickets. and we do that. Da, 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 yeah. da. But if you're thinking about touch metrics, then it's about lost user productivity. Yes, because I'm on the phone or writing a ticket and I can't work and I need to work, wait for four hours until it gets resolved. Yep. Yes. So that was that one. Um, and uh, touch metrics, pay-per-use. So when I go and raise a ticket in my help desk, it costs me this amount of money because I get those tickets done and then my company gets charged for yep. using that service. Whereas a touch metrics might be easy to use. Yeah. So you don't mind paying for it if it's mm-hmm. just a simple click, 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 fixed. Hey, it's automated and moved on, and I can, yes. uh, you know, and again, exactly. down. so it's yeah, it's, it's about it's how like the, the user feels. About it's stuff. like the license that I need to pay for my car to be using my app on my mobile phone, but I'm yeah. happy to pay for that because on my mobile phone I can actually say already preheat the car, that when I get to the car that it's not. I scroll and I don't have to scrape the window. I love that. I have two cars out there at the moment. I've got a rental yeah. car while I'm waiting for my car to turn up. 14 mm. fucking mm. months. Uh, and But my little electric Fiat, mm-hmm. which I, you know, is just because I need two cars. Every morning, 6 o'clock on a Tuesday and a th- on a Wednesday, because they're the days I go in, it warms up and it's cool. Oh, so beautiful. My other yes. one, though, doesn't do it. Yours presumably does it because of the electric as well on yep. your app. Yep. Yeah. So, so, yes, so I agree good. With you. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to pay for that. 
That's the next one. There's another one here as well, which is quite good. So tech metrics, workplace total cost of ownership. Hey, you know. Total cost of ownership, yes. Total cost of ownership. Yeah. The equivalent kind of thing is workplace happiness. Yes. You know. And that's also one of the things that might drive people back to the office. Um, it's, it's one of the big struggles for IT managers is that now that everybody's used to working from home and they don't want to sit in traffic, they just rather stay at home. But if you can provide a really cool happiness, a, a workplace happiness with good coffee, a, a brilliant screen, um, good keyboard, mouse, all that, good seat, then people would love to come back. Yeah, Silver's back at work. Mm-hmm. She's now got a new job. She starts when she comes back from the UK after next week. Um, but she went to visit them this week. It's it's the same industry as you're working in at the moment. So mm-hmm. it's biogenetic, gyogenics, or biogenics, pharmaceutical and stuff. Um, and he said, and she said, there's a whole th- series of things they're trying to do to get people back in the office. So they've yeah. they've now got um, you know dispensers for nuts and sweets, and nice. they have yeah. you know they used to have cookies, but they now have health bars. And fruit and stuff, and they no, have, that's not helping. It is helping actually, yeah. yeah. And then Thursdays they do lunch for everybody, so everybody gets free lunch and stuff. And I was talking, she said, that "I discovered on the top floor they have a table tennis table." So you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, those cool. kinds of things yeah. are, are really interesting, as you say. Yeah. One 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 of the things that I found. So I was at a different location of for my customer. My customers got a bunch of locations. So I was at a different location, and they actually had a, a vending machine. So you just tap your bank card to the to the bank card thing, and you just take out whatever you want, and it will automatically detect what you've taken out, and it will charge your card automatically. I haven't tested it out because there were all things in there that I'm not eating, but. It looks so very cool. Wow. Your diet, you have got such a focus on your food. So you're telling me that your food focus overrode your ability to check the tech. Yes, but it That's was... That's amazing, it, man. If, I, if it was kudos, just like kudos. sneakers or M&Ms, I would probably get one. But it, these were all like lunch meals. Oh, okay. Like sandwiches and whatever. I, I don't care. I'd have, I'd have yeah. still done it and thrown it away. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to someone else. I don't believe yeah. it. I'd, yeah. test, I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have scanned the card, took dinner, thrown it away, sat down and got my banking app out and made sure it did, it did charge the right thing. <laughs> I've got to test that again. <laughs> yes. The tech could have been good. Uh, anyway, so yeah. let's uh, ca- carry on talking about XLAs because I think it's important. Yes. Um, so I think people get the idea that you can start to measure how people feel about the kinds of services that you're uh, offering through your Microsoft 365 or through your cloud services um, and whether or not it's it's successful or not. And we've done lots and lots of projects where we never really think about XLAs. We never think about how people feel. We go, you have a bunch of tools. Just get on and do it, you know. Um, and I had a similar exercise today, you know, because the, the, the problem with the easy XLA, and we're going to get into this on our governance course as we deliver that later this year, the easy-to-deliver XLA basically means that to be really successful with, hey, my Teams is beautifully easy to use, I need to keep it simple. 
Yes. So that there's not, did I do this the right way kind of mentality that is a negative sentiment. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, I needed to do this and I'm, I did it wrong. But then, of course, you limit the capability of the tools because you say, actually, yeah. I won't live, give them too many choices because, quite frankly, people can't deal with it or my organization's a bit on the dumb scale at the low end, you know, and so we need to build them up. So I think also that, that XLA is a culture thing. It's, oh, it's yeah, actually about changing yeah. the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and this is the whole point of where I wanted to get to in this conversation is that instead of defining the governance around the service, around the operational requirements, uh, uh, sorry, operational agreements, because requirements are different, define to start off with where your XLA is, where you want your users to be, because it's another change exercise. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It has so much to do with change and adoption. So there's some definitions that I think we can, we can throw around. Okay, so here's, here's a good one we, we caught online uh, and started looking at this week, and I, I did modify it a little bit. So XLA is a commitment to creating a defined experience. Yes, like a meeting is an experience, like sitting behind your desk in the morning, starting up is an experience. Writing an email is an experience. Correct. Yes. So it's, it's a commitment, keyword, yes. commitment to creating a defined experience. Now, because you do the XLA first, you've changed your culture, you're talking about, hey, how do we get to use it? Then as you work back to that, you can work out to measure it. But that will define the governance requirements. Very often we do it the other way around. Yes. Hey, guys, are we going to allow external sharing mm-hmm. for our MS Teams environment? Um, well, do the business want it? Well, they don't really know yet. Okay. Okay. So let's actually go and talk to the business and, let's, and actually go, no, we don't actually need to say, do that necessarily. So it's a commitment to creating a defined experience. We want to be able to say, with MS Teams, you will be able to connect external people or internal people. Yep. And that is the experience, that is the definition of what you can do. But of course, you take that to an experience to say, it's as easy to connect an external person as it is an In internal person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then as part of your governance, you have to seriously think about private channels, shared channels, or normal channels. Because if you do shared channels, you can't do external users. So, okay, I don't want to do shared channels. Private channels, oh, well, there's some complications. I don't think I'll bother. My, to gain, get to my experience point, I'm just going to stick with that basic level of service mm-hmm. because I know that people will be happy with that. Yeah, and now, they will also find the documents if they're going to save it from their PowerPoint or Word or Excel. We're already there creating yeah. that external service with commitment to it. So, so that's the, the first start. Then with experienced indicators, mm-hmm. they are really crucial to design, deliver, and improve human-centric services and products. Okay, so let's go back to those experience indicators. As you've just said, they will be able to do save documents easily into the file library. That would be an experience indicator. Yes. That people are saving their files. Yeah. That would also be an uh, OLA and an SLA because you'd be able to count documents being uploaded and actually shared on there. Mm -hmm. And that's how you would measure them. Time for the whiskey yet? No, no, no. This is no, so cool. No, you just said that was the one point that I wanted to make. So you made the point. So I 
The, I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a late night tonight. We started late because we got so quite excited talking about this stuff. So, ah, so, yes. so that's cool. Then. So, so let's think about uh, a few other bullets on this then. Mm-hmm. Um, the outcomes. We're going to be now focused on outcomes rather than ability or functionality. So the yes. outcome should matter to the business. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, that basically means that you could actually run workshops to say, how should this service feel to you? Yes. Instead of saying, as our SLA, we want to have a four millisecond latency, we can actually talk to the business and say, how fast should this be? Something like that. So then my question goes along the lines of, if I'm in a workshop and I go, hey, guys, we're talking about MS Teams, and we we sit there and go, hey, this is our collaboration triangle, Mm -hmm. you're doing your OneDrive, you know, MS Teams, and share times, and this is secure so that only your departments can see it in SharePoint, this is where you can collaborate, and you go, how do you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah. Feel over empowered, failed. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, can you explain that again about OneDrive? And all of a sudden, you've got a techie person, me generally, although we've all learned over the years, trying to explain <laughs> how they will feel about it. You will feel really happy, Moraine. You can yep. use your OneDrive, you can click on the button. And, yes. And the reality is, is you want to say, I just want to save my documents in a simple and easy way knowing exactly the implications of where I save it. Yeah. And then that will obviously drive where you need to go to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So business impact, um, uh, business mattered to the business. Um, And this is where it gets kind of complicated because you need to be able to measure how somebody feels. Yes. So how do you measure how somebody feels? Because if you want to say success, then it has to be empirical data. So it has to be a quantity. I think it relates a lot back to our uh, ADCAR ability phase. Oh, the where, A. Well done. Yes, the second A. So second where, we, a. where we measure, when, so when people have training, they go back to their desk and they have the ability to do a number of tasks that we teach them that or is around that change. So I think that ties back to, uh, or a lot back to, to that. So can they actually do this thing that they want to do? So that's a first experience indicator. If you're able to finish your task, then the second one would be, indeed, how do you feel about it? How does that all work does it take you a very long time do you need to click a lot of times do you maybe think like oh these things might be better if they were already pre-positioned or whatever yeah Um, i think if you get to that point you're often into too much detail aren't you so of course so i think i think it's things like um um did it feel right the way that you were uploading that document into that Mm -hmm. document library yes exactly or were you like a little bit afraid, like, oh, I now saved it. Was it the right location? Is it actually I on the like SharePoint side? Like because it. I just saved it in Word. So now I need to go to SharePoint and see if it's actually there. So were you confident that you performed the function and walked away happy? Yes. Uh, not quite, isn't it? Were you, um, were you confident that you did it right? Full stop, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're able to measure that by by you know, say you know ninety percent of the people were confident that they uploaded documents and they were they were confident yeah. they did it right. Yeah. 
Or they're sharing a file and they know they did it in the right way. Yeah. yeah. They don't overshare or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Somebody moves their mouse over a button, you go, Stop! They did that wrong. <laughs> That's not what you're trying to get here. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're trying to again ask them the question. So uh, when you click that button, are you sure it's the right button that you need to try? We live in a oh, world I where... Hate, I hate that. I know. Do you really want to click? Do you really think it's, <laughs> it's answer B? Are you sure? But that's what we're trying to avoid, isn't yes. it? And, but we live in this world of, oh, I'll work it out. And mm. you go click, click, wrong, wrong, close, close, click, click, back one. And then you go, oh, that's how I want to do it. You know? yeah. It's a bit like when I go onto an Apple system, an iPhone or a, an oh, iMac. You know? yeah. I'm, I'm clicking around trying to find the way forward because it, it doesn't work. No, but and so that. yeah, my I feel yeah. your pain. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be quite a good one. I feel your pain. Yes. You can take it away. That's what yeah. I need to do. That's the conversational okay. incident management. Yes, yes, it is. I feel your pain. It is. Yes, it was quite good. This instead was, of uh, saying, "Have you tried turning it off and on again?" Yeah. No, I feel your pain. No, yeah. that was that was pretty neat. So we're basically trying to be able to work out how we can take sentiment data. Um, and actually have uh, empirical, I was just reading a word, empirical fashion. Oh, right, in an empirical uh, fashion. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We're, yes. we're basically yes. trying to say, look, this is how you feel, but I'm actually measuring how you feel. Yeah, and you um, have a baseline and the thing that you're testing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, before we go on to do some whiskey tasting in a few minutes or so, because it is actually that time we've had so much fun doing this it's, really yeah, yeah we're 42 minutes in already what okay so we kind of know we've been trying to do this for a long time yes because we, we've been doing governance we've been doing user adoption and actually this ties back to those two systems it's it not about clicking the button in our admin center to enable something but it's about having the people using this and benefiting from the change that you've made. But I was also thinking, and, and the, when we were um, talking a year ago in Barcelona, 18 months ago in Barcelona, mm -hmm. a year ago in Barcelona? Yeah, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. I suppose. Um, but we were talking about how you know to go from one layer of ad car to the next layer of ad car, and mm -hmm. you kind of measure, and we, we came yes. up with a whole bunch of things like, checking user tickets and, mm -hmm. and, and help desk tickets and responses and stuff like this. It's not exactly where we're going, but we were struggling to actually get to a point where how do you know that you're ready to move on to the next layer? Yeah. And this is the answer. The answer, of course, is defining um, what people will be feeling when they are aware of your project and they're comfortable about it and they're not nervous about it. So I'm yes. not nervous about moving to SharePoint for mm -hmm. my file storage. That is a definition of success and an ability to move on. That is an experience level agreement that I'm actually... Yeah. So when people are stating, saying, repeating, comfortable with making the statement, I'm ready to start saving my documents into SharePoint, mm -hmm. then you're past the awareness stage, ready to move on to the, you know, the... Um, desire stage yes so i'm so ready to start saving documents in sharepoint give it me here you know and it's so it's a, a way forward that we've been trying to get to for really quite a yeah. while and yet 
a weekend of me kind of digging around in this, and I'm suddenly going, bing, I get it. <laughs> yes. You know, ding. Kiwis and, and watermelons. Kiwis and watermelons, yes. <laughs> There's a beautiful consulting lady. I, I caught her on a YouTube video, and I do, I'm so sorry. I don't remember the name, but she says that she tweets about watermelons and kiwis all the time. And, and, I, and we had to go look it up and actually find out what this what Yeah, this just about. search for lady and watermelons, and you will find and you'll excellent find search excellent results. watermelons. Yes. Yes, Ask ChatGPT. No. no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's not start there. Uh, anyway. Way so secrets, lies, and assumptions in, mm-hmm. in service levels agreements. So we talk about watermelons being nice and beautifully green on the outside, and when you chop them inside, you suddenly go, ah, you know, it's all red. It's not what I something actually else. Get. Yeah, yeah, it's not something. The, the outside, outside is nice and hard, and the inside is gooey and soft, and yeah. doesn't taste as the same as you would expect it but you know grow watermelons and the idea is watermelons consistently green throughout and it's you know it's what you expect sorry kiwis thank you yes kiwis are small handheld easy to operate easy to throw around yeah and they're as you said green all over so if you cut them in half they're green yeah no that's true and so yeah so you'll see a lot of that as well on uh, 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 on Google as you start to research this and pull this together mm-hmm. so I'd like to finish on uh, a couple of things I'd like to sort of talk about the toilet example and just one or two things about the airport just to try and reassert oh, yes. this I yes. think that's clever yes. uh, and then I think we, we'll do, do the whiskey yes and then I think we'll start talking about how we should drive that cultural change a little bit by hitting some of the the uh, some advice and yeah. thinking how to change people's thinking good idea it. so we'll do that after the, so after that people tasted. might stick around until after to the for the really tasting. good bits yeah the good bits yeah, yeah, yeah so there's a couple of great examples the obvious one is disney of course we we know what it's like at a theme park uh, and it's not just disney to be honest uh, alton towers um in uh, in the uk their experience team there know that it's 50 minutes 50 minutes is how long you can stand in one place before you get really, really bored. Mm-hmm. So when you're queuing for a roller coaster, and Disney had the same thing, people were really fed up with queuing mm-hmm. for these things. So they used to put entertainment on. So they would have a man in a wheel, in a unicycle or juggling or doing a magic trick or a video video or whatever to, to be able to sort of ease you in. Yeah. So that's typical. It's about hey, the users are unhappy, so it's a feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and how can we, how can we fix that? Yeah. Um, I remember that in the Universal theme park uh, yeah. at Ignite that you would walk into the Harry Potter uh, ride and you would actually wait in line for two hours, but you were walking into the bank with all the trolls, elves, whatever, and then the, 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 the picture of the man, the painting would yeah. be changing and... It was such a cool experience. Even waiting is such a cool experience. No, I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, you, you, you see these videos all the time of the mime artist in front of the whale tanks and the dolphin tanks because you've got to get so many hundreds of people into these things. It yeah. takes a while, and so you've got somebody entertaining you on the, on the way. Um, Houston Airport, I think it was Houston Airport, but the, one of their biggest issues they had uh, for passengers hitting the airport was having to wait for their luggage to turn out. So their problem was, the things that they were trying to resolve was, how can we keep people happy with the luggage? So they did try a few things. Let's throw more people at the luggage part, try and deliver the luggage earlier to the 
you know, you can only get so much luggage on a conveyor belt at any one time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so and it needs to be offloaded from the plane. It needs to go there. So you can't really mess with that time. It always takes... Yeah. It's it's like uh, delivering a baby. If you have one woman, it takes nine <laughs> months. Let's take nine women, nine women, and then it will just take one month. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so they worked out it takes on average eight minutes to do that. So they needed to keep people entertained for seven minutes. So they started talking to people about how they feel about it, and they worked out that people don't mind walking, but they do li- don't like waiting so they rerouted people from the plane so it now takes eight minutes to go from your plane to your luggage roller mm-hmm. and there's your bag waiting for you and they think that's brilliant improved service they haven't yeah. done anything except you go through a maze up and down and round to get to your luggage so when whenever it feels like an age for you getting off the plane it's because somebody's running around to deliver your bag brilliant um, but yes. it is right i hate yeah. waiting for the bag on the older uh, mm-hmm. on the old cart um and then uh, we're talking about measurement and how you feel about something yes and how it fits with sla and ola and the one that a lot of people are using online to kind of talk about this is those wonderful buttons on the toilets Yes, the, the green toilets. and the red or and the happy the face and, and the, the happy faces. Yeah. So you're basically saying when you want to go to a bathroom, you want it to be a happy, clean experience, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the way you measure that, of course, is with those yellow dots and everything else. Yeah. So you get to feel whether yeah. people so are Everybody happy just pissed on their hands and now touching all the buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because you have enough soap and paper in the sinks yes, so that you're doing it. And that's what people wanted. So yeah. you have SLAs there, mm-hmm. all right? And the SLA says, make sure that the paper and the soap never go below one third of the filling so that it's always available. Because yeah. if people have that, it makes them feel happy about the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And of course, then that means that your operations team that cleans the floor, resets the room, they need to be supporting that service level agreement. Yeah. And so it's very easy to actually measure that. You can actually say, you know, for these next five days, I'm going to run out of towels. I'm going to run down to the last 5%. And let's see whether we start to get negative sentiment. Yeah, And then I'll put those back in and we'll put the towels and the soap in and let's see whether we start to get positive sentiment. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to sort of adjust yourself to work out whether you need 30% or I can go down to 10% and still get a happy feeling. Yeah, But, and that is very important, the measurement cannot be obtrusive. When Intrusive, you, did you say? Obtrusive. So it, obtrusive. it, it, it shouldn't be... It shouldn't take me too much time. Ah, so yes. for example, if you go to the to the Microsoft Learn or, or support page, you would get this pop up saying, "Hey, if you've done if, if you're done looking for whatever you want, do you mind filling out a little survey?" Yes, I fucking mind. I'm busy. I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. Same thing when I'm calling. When I'm calling, like my my telecom, yeah, my yeah. telecom provider uh, about a problem, and then oh yeah, after this call, there will be a short survey that you can answer. First question: If you want to survey to be in Dutch. Press one. If you want to survey to be okay, yeah, okay, one. And then you get like I five get random questions like fucking figure this out because this is my profile. You know who is I calling. Yeah. And when, when you answer the phone, they say, to speed up this call, please type in your account number. 
Ding, 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 ding. Account number, please. Well, I've just given it to you. Yeah, yeah but it's not on my screen. Exactly, yes. Ah, yeah. Failure. So it, it, it needs, the, the measurement is, is fine if it's there, but it cannot take me too long of a time. No. Like when I submit a ticket and I get a resolution, it's okay to ask me how I felt about it, but not with five emails three days after the thing was solved and I need to click on, on like five hearts and I need to click on it and that takes me to a web page where I actually need to fill out five different questions. Don't do that. Just make it freaking easy. But what if those questions were so entertainingly funny that I enjoyed filling that survey in because it was pitched correctly? Yes, maybe. So knowing your audience and actually making it fun to fill out the survey. Yes. You know, I I quite like those at the moment. I got something just the other day. Hey, fill out our survey and get put into a draw for a 50 euro token. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Superb. And then you get to the end, it says, hey, yeah, there'll be three three 50 euro tokens. Two days later, I worked out that 55,000 people went to this event I went to. (laughs) And there was three tokens. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, well done. But but actually, I wanted to say something about the event. Mm -hmm. So actually, I didn't mind receiving the survey. Mm -hmm. So it's about working out you know what you need to do but if you need to do a survey you got to find some way of doing it and not but everybody's got a little box that no, you can but click a smiley it's the, face it's the it, same thing so. and we we're speaking at tech conferences all the time so last slide is always like a, a QR code and then rate this session and then you scan the barcode and that brings you to a form with 25 questions and the form the first question is here is a uh, um uh, drop down with all the 150 sessions that we have. Please choose the session that you want to rate. Yes. Fuck no. I'm already in the session. Just QR code. Happy yes. Happy yes. Done. That's, Just that's make one answer. It, it might not be right. I mean, you saw what I did when I was at M365 conference yeah, in that Vegas. that was brilliant. I went in there and said, hey, yes. guys, have you got the app out yet? So I want you to read what we're about to do in this session just to make sure it's the right one. Otherwise... Mm-hmm bugger off and go somewhere else but you know if there's any questions start thinking about those questions now and also hey as i'm speaking fill out the app and and do whatever you need to do because i can guarantee i'll be rushing at the end and we won't get it in there so 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 but it's it's an approach and that's the thing about this it's it drives innovation working backwards so you Mm -hmm. have what my experience goal is yes okay and then I'm working back. So I need to make sure I've got the operation stuff in there to be able to support that. I understand how I'm going to measure it. And then I can define the governance around the service to support it. Yes. So that's cool. Yeah. All so right. Just if you want to measure it, make it easy and fast and fun. Yes. Uh, and, and be prepared to roll things out slowly to sort of keep people happy. And bring whiskey. And bring whiskey. Talking of which, I've got the glasses here. Now, I've just had a bit of a shock whilst you just take the lid off there. So this is a Cairo distillery, the Cairo Distillery Company in Finland. And I've just gone to their homepage and I've got pictures of people's arse on their website. Running through that barley, uh, are they men? They look like they're he's or they's or them's or 
but the, of the male variety, which basically means their appendage is being racked by all of that barley as they run through this field. It cannot be comfortable. Uh, and then it says dream and dare. So there you go. So dream about running naked in a, in a barley field, uh, and then you can order some whiskey from the Cairo Distillery Company. All right. So I think we m- talked about that last time as well when did we, we really? did the whiskey. Did yeah, you yeah, mean yeah, they've yeah. not changed the picture since episode 94? No, because it works. Because when people are uh, reviewing the whiskey, they look at the picture and they all say, oh, we've got naked guys running through a barley <laughs> field. So everyone will go to the, uh, to the page. You're right. I've just seen the video of it. Yes, the guys in yes. the sauna. Sex sells. Oh, yeah. So Cairo was dreamed up in a sauna. That's right. The guys used to... Yeah, you're right. Got it. Anyway, Cairo Distillery, it, it is a unique brand, to say the least. And we're about to find mm-hmm. out yes. whether the whiskey is... I saw you sniff it earlier. So yeah. what did your it's nose all, say? It's all rye. All rye whiskeys that uh, yes. they do. Oh, and yeah, you get that on the smell. You get that on the nose very, very heavily. Yes. It's subtle though, isn't it? I mean, we like the rye whiskey it's from not. we like it's the no, 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 it is, but we like the rye whiskey from Oxford Artisan Distillery. Yes. If I go and get that bottle and you stick your nose in, it it would be a little bit like a difference between a, a Scotch and an Irish whiskey. So this is like the Irish whiskey. It's a little more subtle and smooth on the rye whereas mm. maybe it's just the way artisan deal with it but that's a little bit more not in a bad way no no, sort of no a little definitely bit more, not the sandpaper is slightly higher grain than this one okay okay i definitely get like full-on rye. rye yes i get it yeah with the orange tint tangerine yes a little i wonder if that would be the pedro jimenez Oh, that's uh, true, cask. yes, the, from the sherry. So that's the sherry cask that is probably on there. Uh, that will give us that warm tangerine, pine, uh, not pineapple, um, yeah, those, nice. those notes. T- touch fruity, it's very nice. Yeah, I'm yeah going definitely in. if you swirl it around a little bit, you get all the other notes. It's not cask strength, so it's 47 and a bit. I'm glad it's not cask strength. Woo. That was a bit woohoo. Okay. I'm sure the second taste won't be as bad, but that was definitely... Uh, i tell you what was interesting, that, that it's not the, the sort of neat, sweet, chilly kind of hot. It kind of just expands into the top of your mouth and the sides of your cheeks. Wow. Maybe that was just me then. You're not feeling the same thing. It does give you a little boom at the end, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, I've got the same. Pr- so I, I also bought like a full bottle of the Kira Wood Smoke. Um, and as I said earlier, I drank a few glasses of it yesterday. And it kind of, something in the aftertaste doesn't sit right by, with me. It, there's something that says, hmm. And I don't know what it is. It feels a bit. Or it tastes a bit like plastic or some something smoky. And normally I really like smoke, but in this case, and in the case of the wood smoke that I had yesterday, there's something that's that I I personally find a little unpleasant with this one. I get it. I don't know whether it's unpleasant, but I do know where you're coming from. 
it kind of gets a little bit sour. Yes. I was, I was kind of thinking about like, you know, pickled vegetables, but the soured, sourly pickled. So you kind of eat these things like in a Chinese, a Japanese food mm-hmm. and it's sweet to start off with. And then as you, uh, you, you kind of get the vinegary coming through that they'd been pickled yeah in. but it's it's not really vine- but it's not to vinegar me, it's, it, no to me it's more a bit like a plastic i get a little i don't know plastic what plastic tastes. tastes like so do you mean that mm. kind of metallic thing that hits yeah a little yeah it's weird not in a good way well it i'm i'm pretty sure that a lot of people will find this really nice and really attractive but to me it kind of hits a wrong note. I've had about three or four sips of this now, and it does get a little bit, um, a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was thinking, oops, wrong one. If I was thinking about rye whiskies, um, it's probably not my favourite rye. Well, the problem is that there's so many good ryes. So yesterday I also had the. Um, that little bottle, oh, I forgot the name. The little round bottle the that we also drank bottle. in Barcelona. Mm, oh, oh no, the, the Barcelona Brook- Brooklyn, no, New York. Brooklyn. Oh, that one, yes. The um, um, oh, now you're gonna yes. make me okay. Go. Anyway, that one, and it has a it has a normal one, and then they call it a little one. It's not Madison, yeah. is it? No, it's Brooklyn. New York, if you're in Belgium, uh, if you go to the Apocryphy, oh, well. just be behind the top of the stairs in the garden. There's a, a great store there, a whiskey store. It's it, they have it in there. It'll yep. come to us in a minute. And we had it anyway, from the vault yes. where else we yes. first tasted it. But and a drop of water in this, going back to this particular whiskey, it, what I like about it, it doesn't kill the nose. Hmm. Absolutely. No. But does it get rid of your plasticky... It, it does enhance the smell of that thing that i find a little unpleasant Mm. to me personally i'm not saying this is a bad whiskey at all i'm just saying for me there's something in there that doesn't sit quite right with me Uh, i I would rather go for something else uh like an oxford rye for example doesn't have that kind of bad aftertaste it's got a, a different aftertaste. But water gets rid of it. So water eases that, that aftertaste. It does. It mm. does, yes. Mm. It does. But now I get it on the nose, and that's that's worse. You're in one of those <laughs> moods, aren't you? No, I'm not. You are. I'm not. I had the same problem yesterday. You had the same problem yesterday? Yes. Or with this whiskey? With the other, yeah. So maybe it's it's the smoke, it's the peat that they use, or I don't know something. Mm, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, I suggest this is a second Cairo we've tasted. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just need to stay away from this distillery. Maybe, but I can't remember if the ruby cask had the same thing. So I need to re-listen to that episode and that tasting. Yeah, this is really nice. Actually, I would say really nice. Um, as I'm sitting here now, having finished the the, sh- the taster that we had, and it it is mellowing. It's not like it's got a long finish. Um, no. 
but it it doesn't disappear quickly. But it it, it is leaving a nice warming taste, mm-hmm. and that orangey kind of stuff is still there. That tangerine. Yeah. You know, I would probably use this when I would be making cocktails. So when I would be so this that, that's the thing for me in 2023. Every month I'm gonna do a whiskey cocktail. So really? this this month uh, is my Manhattan month. So I'm I'm using uh, uh, red uh, vermouth, yeah, and uh, mixing that with different whiskies. And of course, rye whiskies are brilliant yes. for those. Um, so I probably need to try on Saturday try to make me a Manhattan with the Kiro whiskey. Okay, and then are you going to tell us what it was like? Probably not. <laughs> it will be a big secret. It will be an SLA. Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to find the name of this whiskey. I thought I'd just throw a quick Google search in. Um, yes, I now know what it is. Tell it's me. the Hudson. The Hudson, yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah, the Hudson whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very good, actually. So Yeah. Uh, I love that a lot. Yes. Well, I have to say, Moraine, it was not a bad whiskey. It was a nice drink. It had oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. The, the nose was superb. The yeah. palate was excellent, actually, because yeah. that did. And it, it's really something else because mm. you've got so many good rye whiskies. And to be honest, a lot of these rye whiskies taste a lot like each other. Yeah, that is very true. And I love this one because it's, it dares to be different. It dares to be different. Yes. It has naked guys running through a barley field on the website, <laughs> and that but is also the taste is is different. Yeah, so, right. yeah, I like cool, it. Cool, I like that part. All right, neat. Well, thank you very much for the gift. I have three more little tasting bottles there to yep. uh, to go through, and I will remember the one you said you did not like. And the wood smoke, yep. and I will make sure I do like it because just yes. so that we have a conversation. Yeah, of to course. Have next yeah. time, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's cool. Just keep drinking until you like it. <laughs> I'm going to run out. They're yeah. tasting bottles. So, uh, but but there you're at. Uh, I am trying to get hold of um, uh, a whiskey that we tasted um, before the Irish one that I that I found uh, really delicious. So some time ago we we drank the Green Spot, and um, it was uh, actually just to finish off here. I did not taste much sherry. No. Considering no. it was finished in a sherry barrel, yes. this, uh, this yes. Cairo. Uh, but anyway, we tasted the green spot some time ago, actually quite a long time ago. Uh, and it was finished in a... Um, Marsala uh, cask. Yeah. Uh, no, it was a French wine cask. Okay. Um, but uh, we tasted that uh, green spot that was finished in a, um, a, a Zinfandel wine yes. cask Zinfandel, from Napa yes. Valley. yes. And uh, that was superb. And I keep trying to find a bottle because I really would like to taste that on the podcast. So yeah. that's my target. I'm okay. going to try and get a bottle of that before So maybe I need to run to my whiskey shop tomorrow and see if they've got the Green Spot Marsala cask finish. Okay. Well, that yeah. would be an interesting comparison yeah. maybe. That's good. All right. Let's, uh, let's wind up because we're already at uh, 107 minutes. Oh, this has geez. been a great podcast. Oh, yes. uh, but I, I did want to be able to throw a few statements around here mm. uh, about how you can imagine yourself getting to the point where you are focused on XLAs. Imagine starting a Microsoft 365 project. Hey, guys, we're starting. We're rolling out MS Teams. Mm-hmm. 
let's not talk about managing the service and the problems of having too many team sites, but let's talk about what the end users need to feel. And that should become a habit. So there's a couple of statements that we came across that are, are worth doing. I'm going to start off uh, with one of those here is that um, you want to transform, transform um, from a service desk to an experience desk operation. So rather than, hey, we deliver services, you want to say, hey, you know, we are going to improve your experience uh, of IT of our cloud service. Yeah, and maybe it's not just the service desk because service desk is like a, maybe a wrong word because I'm only calling the service desk if I have a problem. Yeah, So exactly. it's my help desk. I, I have a service failure. Yes, it's it's a it's a, a posh name for a, for a help desk. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and if we call it an experience center or an experience um, what desk, was it? desk operation, yeah. yeah. So we might guide the users to have a decent or an, an awesome experience. Yeah, and if things don't quite work the way they want, they're looking to improve it. So it's also yeah. an improvement process. Yeah. Hey, I had. Some MS Teams calls this week, and quite honestly, even though they worked okay, they kind of weren't really as good as I expected them to be. Mm -hmm. uh, the, using the whiteboard really wasn't as good yeah. an experience as I thought, um, or, or something on those lines. Mm -hmm. Or I used that meeting room and it took us ages to connect because couldn't work out which buttons that we need. The experience was poor, yeah. uh, rather than it didn't work. Yeah, but also also measuring that, like, oh, this week we already had two people complaining about the new uh, meeting button layout in Teams, so yeah, we need me. to do something about that. No, we need to I communicate, agree. or we need to train, or we need to whatever. And the interesting thing about that is that you know people are going to have a poor experience when that change gets rolled out. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to maintain a high level of experience, you don't want to trust people to work it out for themselves because that's a cheap way of doing it. Mm -hmm. You actually want to be able to try and prepare them for it as yes. much you can. Yes. So here's another statement then. You change perspective from a call center into a conversation center. Hi. Um, hey, how are you doing today? Uh, I assume you're phoning me to book a new holiday. So um, instead of going, so where would you like to go? It's, so have you uh, discussed with the family and you all come to an idea about what kind of holiday experience you would like? Tell me about the holiday experience that you're trying to achieve with this brings, call. Brings us back to the talk that you had with uh, the car salesman. Like, what did you like about your previous car? Correct. So that we know that we need to, yeah. Yeah, so instead better. of a yeah. call center saying, Hey, welcome to Bog Standard Holidays Limited. Uh, where would you like to go on your summer vacation? Because I'm reading it word for word. Mm -hmm. You know, it might say, hey, start a conversation by using these statements with the customer. And yeah. So, yeah, so move from a call center to a conversation center. From a business perspective, you know, somebody phones up and says, my parcel's not arrived. Uh, 
Oh, really? So what are you expecting? Is it from a family friend? Uh, whilst I'm looking, tell me about that. Whilst I look up the order and find out where you're at. So you're also um, engaging with people. people don't want to talk about that. Well, like, all right. It's maybe not of your question, business. But, yeah. it's, it's my big purple dildo. <laughs> Just tell dildo. me where my parcel is. It's my big purple dildo that I uh, ordered two weeks ago. And it's still not there. Yes. Okay. But you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no I like that. <laughs> it's my big purple flower pot yes yeah. <laughs> all right um and what about evolving from service management um to experience management mm -hmm. so we deliver service actually we deliver good experiences yeah. you're not sure about that one either the eyebrows are close together I no, can tell. no 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 no. i just need to think about that because what would that change encompass service management to experience management yeah. Well, you measure services. So, yes, I have chairs to sit on. Yeah. But now you're saying, hey, we give you a comfortable office experience. Yeah. How many people are going down with back problems? Yeah. That's a measurement again. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it could well be one way mm -hmm. of success, yeah. you know. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> the last one. <laughs> it's six o'clock. How does your ass feel after <laughs> sitting a whole day in our new improved chairs? Let me have a feel to yes, see whether it's exactly. tense or yes. not. Uh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, the last one. I think this is really Maybe cool. Maybe we need to do whiskey before we talk podcast. Maybe, Maybe. we do. This is, this is a new way of working. <laughs> finishing off with the good stuff. Yes. Just in two minutes time, we talked about dildos and asses. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And yes. we're also at 1.15. It's been a long podcast. Okay, we need to wrap up. Come on. We need to wrap up. And the last one, I think, is superb. Imagine how government governance changes you as you uh, embrace experience. So we talked about this earlier. So rather than defining the service that MS Teams is going to deliver and the functionality, you start at the other end. Yes. So your governance is actually all about embracing the experience of making calls and communicating and chatting with people and yeah. improving the process. And we, we sit there and make statements like, you know, yeah, you'll be able to just sit there and save an email by chat, 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 mm -hmm. as if everything has to be justified against what you yeah. do today. Instead of saying, we're going to open up the conversations you can have with other people to the, the point where you can show some emoticons and you can mm -hmm. share your yes. experiences with them in a better way. You don't have to write a full paragraph. Yeah. You know, maybe you're kind of selling the experience. Yeah. <clears throat> Fulling, knowing fully well that that opens up another can of experience problems. Now, I've got all these chats here and I... Oh, I, it's a chat, so... You are it, such an, a negative bugger email, today. An email, I can, I can wait a few hours before I respond to my email, but a chat, I need to respond that, to that right away. Okay, so as we close this podcast down, <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to Moraine's Moaning Consultancy Services. He's oh. guaranteed to identify the worst parts Moaning of your service. Consultancy Services. services. <laughs> I love that. God, don't listen, trust me. Don't use it as a tagline, all right? <laughs> all right, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Different kind of service. Different moaning, kind of podcast. Moaning service, yes. Different kind of podcast mm. today. Okay. So, yeah, we uh, did a different approach. I can only say I hope everybody's enjoyed the idea. Uh, it takes oh. on board. Yeah, I think this, this is definitely something that I'm going to think about for the next few weeks, at least, to see how I can improve a bunch of processes. 
Yeah. So instead of just thinking about what you're delivering and the functionality, think about how people will feel when they uh, are working on that and yeah. think about how you would sell it in a way that they can mm-hmm. appreciate it. All right. Cool. And it was a good, interesting whiskey. We always said we'd give definitely. you interesting whiskeys uh, yes. on the podcast. And I think this is another one. And I think the last Cairo one, as you say, we need to look at it. But it was also interesting. Mm-hmm. And so they should call it Cairo, the interesting whiskey. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's Steve Dolber here, and I am going to say uh, goodnight because it's dark outside. We're running a bit late tonight, which is cool. But uh, hope you're well. Hope you're enjoying this new year because you're well into it now and, uh, and getting moving. And we hope you're enjoying these podcasts. This one, I think it was rather special. I like this one. Absolutely, yeah. And this is what people expect from us we don't come out with the news we don't come out with whatever we just talk about really good um ideas and experiences <laughs> yes exactly cool so All right. that's it for me Maren. see you or talk to you very 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 soon and that's it from me steve yes we'll catch up with you later bye hey.